Welcome to Inside Aesthetics, the podcast for cosmetic, wellness, and business insider knowledge. I'm Dr. Jake Sloan, a cosmetic doctor based in Sydney, and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, David Segal, an entrepreneur and a multi-clinic owner in the aesthetic space. We'll cover any topic that makes you look or feel good with long form, unbiased, and unfiltered conversations with expert guests from around the world. New episodes are released every Friday and you can subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You should seek medical advice before undergoing any treatment or procedure, and these podcasts do not replace a professional and bespoke consultation. Hey guys, a little bit of a different one today. Jake and I actually got the tables turned on us and we were interviewed by Erin and Megan from the Through Thick and Skin podcast over in the United States. So a little bit of a different flavor for you guys this week. Um, It was fun for us being on the other side of the microphone. So hope you guys enjoyed the chat as much as we did. Welcome to Through Thick and Skin podcast. My name is Megan Patterson. And I'm Erin Jensen. And welcome to episode number 64, where we have a very special guest uh, this is as special guests, I should say. These are the first special guests of their kind. We have international special guests for this episode. We're super duper excited to introduce our special guests, Dr. Jake Sloan and David Siegel. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello. We're, hey. we're honored to be here. Thanks for the invite, girls. We really appreciate oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that accent sexy or what? Well, I was oh actually. Well, I was going to ask you. Do you know that? Can you tell the difference between Jake's British accent and my Australian accent? Was it no. all sound? No. no. We all just sound weird. Yeah. Well, it depends on how you say controversy. We say controversy. They say controversy down there, right? Oh, that's UK. I, see, now I'm getting mixed up. I honestly, I'm the one who's confused now because my wife will say to me. Is talking like an Australian and, and sometimes I, I deliberately sort of turn it on when I'm with Australian patients and then with British patients I reel it back. So the, the classic one is when I say vitamin instead of vitamin. Or yogurt. Or yogurt instead of yogurt. Yogurt. And ah. I, I confuse myself now, but um, <laughs> I'm not like him. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, for most of our listeners, they're going to be like, I cannot tell the difference <laughs> between Australian UK. I mean, me personally, in preparation of this episode, I listened to Kylie Minogue's entire discography, yeah. including her indie phase. And I even watched all seven seasons of the Australian hit TV show, Offspring. Yeah. Or what so, a, what about I the good? Cro- what about the Crocodile Hunter? What about Steve Irwin? Yeah, but that's so basic. Everyone knows about Steve. I mean, <laughs> bless him. He's an, he's an icon, but I really wanted to dig deeper beyond the Vegemite. I wanted to watch, you know, Australian soaps. And so I feel like I know you guys already. I have done my deep research on Australia. But for our listeners, actually, Aaron put me on to these guys, Dr. Jake and David. They have their own podcast. And their podcast is very unique. And Aaron was a huge fan of it. She's always been talking about it, how she's been spreading the gospel about this podcast. So Aaron, how did you find out about uh, Dr. Jake and David's podcast? The aesthetic community, especially in the United States, is very small. And I've been in the industry for 13, 14 years. Um, I have a friend, her name's Ronna Kelly, and she was a guest on your guys' podcast. Uh, yes. She is hilarious. And I saw her post, I think before she even was a guest on your podcast, that she was listening listening to it. And I, you know, listened to the first episode and I was hooked. I think it's so interesting because there is in this field, there isn't much content 
uh, podcast wise in the aesthetic industry. And um, I just think I love how you guys cover around the world and different cultures. And you guys interview some like big players in the game. And I was very, very impressed by that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not an aesthetic injector and I wanted to bring them on too, because like Dr. Jake is like the Aaron and I'm like the David, right? Like I'm, I have a peppered adventurous life filled with all sorts of fun experiences, business. I enjoy, you know, there's the medical side and then there's the fun side. I would like Mm -hmm. to think. Well, superficially, <laughs> you're very like, similar, but David's very boring. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's where the similarities end. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> so I love that you guys have both aspects. Like you not only talk about the, you know, the medical aesthetic side, but about business and wellness. So like Aaron mentioned, this podcast is incredible because it's very specific. If you look on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, there are things about health and wellness, but you'll learn about keto diets or... Uh, meditation, but this is very specific. Dr. Jake, what you do is specific, just like what Aaron does. And so we have so many followers and listeners who want to become, uh, who, who are in the steps to become, you know, a medical provider or whether it's a PA, a nurse, um, you know, Aaron's a PA, Dr. Jake is a medical doctor. And so there are a lot of people who want to absorb as much knowledge about this as possible. But then we also have the other aspect about how this is a a business and how we are entrepreneurs. So um, like Aaron had mentioned, these guys have had some heavy hitters on their podcast. I'm like, I'm not an injector, but I know that Paul Nassif, (laughs) Dr. Nassif, you guys know him from his show on e-television. Was it botched? Yeah, botched. Mm -hmm. Botched. He's, he's up there, uh, as far, I mean, I even saw him, we saw him in Vegas at a convention, right, Aaron? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, like I, I actually snuck into that. I shouldn't have been in there, but I saw a whole bunch of plastic surgeons arguing over nose jobs. It was so dramatic. <laughs> I think you were looking for a husband or a date. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I, I, hello. I mean, it's prime. I just look at their hands. I'm like, okay, who doesn't have a ring on their finger? Like, please. <laughs> but yeah, I remember seeing NASA in person, but you've also had Julie Horn who yep. I even know that Julie Horn is the queen of lip filler. She has uh, courses that pull out so many different people. She charges a lot of money for her expertise and she is no, very, very well known in the industry. Subio, who's another well-known plastic surgeon that has a very funny sense of humor, very well known. So you guys get some big names. How do you reach out to these people? Well, mm. that's the synergy of, of David and I. You know, when we first started this, and to be completely honest, it was really fucking hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, you know, I came up with the idea. We didn't know how to podcast. We didn't understand the tech side of it. You know, um, sort of editing and scripting was new to us. And then finding people. I mean, David um, had mm. a few contacts locally in Sydney. And actually, we started with a, a more wellness one. It was more about nutrition and food with mm. one of our good friends, Fiona Tuck. And we literally... I'm not going to say we scraped the barrel, but we asked and and we called him some favors from friends who we knew because no one knew who who the hell we all were. And you can't invite, you know, Subio on if you don't have a product that, that you can explain what you're doing. So it's kind of the snowball effect. Yeah. We, we begged, we pleaded, we bribed, um, we harassed. And, um, I mean, I've been in Australia my whole life. I was born here. Jake's been here for six and a bit years. Yeah. Um, a long time. Mm. But, um, 
I've grown up in Sydney, so I was able to call in favors from people that I knew. Because as, as Jake said, when you don't have a product and sorry, my cat's attacking my couch. <laughs> get up. Um, <laughs> um, it's hard to get people on for a product that doesn't exist yet. So it was basically calling in favors, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. And so how did you guys even meet if Jake just came here six years ago? How did you guys build your businesses together? Well, he swiped left, I swiped left, and, you know, it was just... (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I I hate online anything, but if it turns into beautiful relationships like this, partnerships... Yeah. Well, actually, um, I own a few um, cosmetic clinics here in Australia, and and Jake um, worked at one of them. So we just became good friends. We found out we had a lot in common, similar backgrounds, same, actually born on the same day on the same year. Same religion. Wow. We, we both used to play the drums. We're in the same industry, but weirdly, we're actually quite different people. Like David's brain is the yin and I'm the yang. And uh, I mean, I joked on another podcast we recorded, but we had a bit of a, a to-do on Saturday, a bit of a, bit of a text argument. And um, we had to call each other and calm down. And, and But, it, you know, that's the passion of the business. You know, when, when you're really yeah. invested in something, mm-hmm. I think stuff like that occasionally does happen. And it, it, it brings the, the, the best and worst out of you, but ultimately it drives you towards a better product. If yeah. it was just yeah. nice and casual and everything was too easy, I don't think we'd have a great product. Yeah, and the makeup sex was amazing. The passion of the, car, uh, of the podcast. There you go. <laughs> it's true. Oh yeah, yeah. but we, we for sure understand that being sisters. We've been there, but I feel like if you had the same relationships, it wouldn't be the same dynamic. Like you need both of those to, to grow your business. Yeah. And um, I was going to say, hopefully you feel, and, and I feel the same when I listen to your podcast, you bring completely different skill sets. You know, I, I can't sit here and talk about my experience in building clinics and, and, and managing staff because I don't do that and I never have. And I kind of hope I never will, but you know, David's done that. That's all he's done. Um, and yet he's employed injectors, he's dealt with complications and he's bought stock and he gets it. Whereas there are owners in in our industry who are just like, you know, oh, I'm going to buy a clinic and I know fuck all about clinics and it just doesn't mm-hmm. work. So oh, no. uniquely, David doesn't inject or he's non-medical, but he, he really understands. So if I ever had a problem when I used to work with him, I can easily have that conversation and and it just works better. Yeah. As a medical doctor, say if you have no business sense, what would be your recommendation to someone who wants to get into the aesthetic business side of things, but isn't good with business? Well, I think David taught me this, but uh, and, and I've learned through both the podcast. In fact, today we just employed our second staff or third staff member because yes. we have an editor and then we have a producer, Bridget. She's fantastic. And today, literally about an hour ago, we hired um, sort of a social media content creator. Yeah. So my point is hire people who are good at what they do and don't you know, pretend or masquerade to be a, a website designer if that's not what you do. Because, um, you know, I've kind of been the pseudo social media stroke web stroke writer and, and David's obviously chipped in, but I don't have the time, the inclination or to be honest, the skill set to do it. So surround yourself with good people like you guys have and, mm-hmm. um, and thrive off their own sort of, you know, skill set. Yeah. 
I think that, um, and I ha- we had a we got actually interviewed for someone else's podcast earlier in the week, and a similar question around doctors and business. And I think that um, you know doctors are obviously very very smart people. They did well at school. They did well at um, you guys call it college, we call it university. So they're very smart people, and they come out. And I think that sometimes they think that well, if I've done medicine, I can do business. And I think mm-hmm. that's sometimes a mistake. It would almost be the same as me saying, well, I've done uh, business my whole life. I'm just gonna throw me a scalpel. I'll see how I go. Probably not going to end that well. So I think it's just being humble enough to recognize where your strengths are and surrounding yourself with people who complement what you do well. Does that answer yeah, your question? I think Aaron, had a, Aaron kind of pulled me aside one day and was like, you can't manage anymore. You're, you're shit at it actually. <laughs> like we had like talking about like playing into people's strengths, but then on the other hand, that's why she also pays me very well to make reels on Instagram. Cause that fucking sucks making reels on Instagram. I hate it. But air won't do it, you know, so I'm willing to do it. And, you know, it's a mutually beneficial relationship and I don't manage people anymore. Mm -mm. So are you the content creator for for your own website, Megan? Yes. So I actually do the Instagram stuff for Through Thick and Skin podcast and then for our business as well, alongside a team of people. So Aaron is like the founder, the the queen, the head bitch in charge. We, I don't know if you have that acronym in Australia. Yep. HBIC. Yep. So a- that's Aaron, the HBIC. <laughs> and so a team of people, but for the podcast, it's all me. It's, it's, it's completely me. Yeah. So I'm, I pull the memes out of the internet and, and try to have fun with it. Cause it's just, it's a lot of work. That's why you guys hired a social media person. I yeah. Assume. And, you know, and going back to your point about, you know, what should doctors do? Well, a lot of doctors, try and do stuff that, you know, maybe they're not good at, like, you know, all the things we just mentioned. And then they avoid really important things like social media. They'll say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not doing that because, you know, it's a little bit of fun and blah, blah, blah. But that's like free advertising to billions of people. And I think I think you mentioned on, on a podcast that I was listening um, from you guys today, it might have been even your first one, you get like 99% of your sales through Instagram. I mean, that's insane. Mm-hmm. And so why or how could you afford to not do it? And yet, Many doctors just refuse to engage. They just think it's sort of beneath them. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of work, but it's so worth it. So let me ask you. So for some people who don't have Australian friends or family members, David, you mentioned cosmetic clinic. Is that also known as a med spa down under? Well, we were having this conversation an hour ago about, I don't even think we've actually got a true med spa in Australia in in the terms that you guys understand it in the States. So... Clinics that I own do treatments like laser hair removal. We do Botox. We do fillers. Um, we do skin treatments. So that's the sort of clinics that I own. It's sort of like a cross between like a doctor's clinic and say a beauty therapy clinic where they're doing, you know, nails and sort of the softer treatments. So it's sort of like that midway point. Is that how you guys sort of define it in the States? Yes, kind of. What's interesting, each state has different laws. So in California, it's very strict. So only a medical, a nurse and above can do laser treatments, but in the next state over an esthetician or a skin therapist can do laser treatments. So I I think it's a little bit more separate, you know, very medic, it pushes more to the medical side of it. It involves any devices. Yeah. And I think what you call an esthetician is like a beautician. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they go to, they go to school to learn how to do facials, waxing, um, like eyelash tinting, things like that. And we, we, Aaron, we have estheticians that perform facials and, and chemical peels, but then there's certain treatments like microneedling 
that are a little more invasive or involve a scalpel, like dermaplaning or skin blading. And that's for a nurse and above. So it, and it varies from state to state. So for ease, we call our business a med spa, but med spas tend to have a tacky connotation, yeah. like a corny, it, like when you hear med spa, it kind of makes you want to go like, like it's like the pan pipes and the, the kind of, <laughs> the, the sort of stereotypical, you know, you know, it's a bit tacky and yeah. I know or what you like mean. housewives, you know, like housewives stuff, you know, yeah. like just, you know, like, uh, you know, really over the top decor, you know, just like trying to be over the top and extra. And when really like, we're kind of a more stripped down geared towards natural, which I know Jake, that you're, that's your approach as well. Um, and that kind of leads to my next question. So, um, you know, what is like the, the big treatment in Australia? Like, is there one thing that maybe post COVID or even before COVID, like people could not get enough of, what do you do the most down there? Well, I think David probably has a bit better insight into sort of lots of other clinics, whereas obviously I know what I do, but, um, I, I reckon most clinics are still pumping out lips and, and, and your standard sort of cheek filler that, you know, that's almost ubiquitous. And that's sort of what your average patient might sort of know about and ask for. Um, obviously, you know, Botox, that's, that's the bread and butter. I mean, you know, our younger patients may not start with toxins, but certainly by, you know, closer to 30, they're interested and, in, and any newer patients after that, probably their entry treatment, I would guess would be Botox. Would you agree? Yeah. Botox. I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. the gateway drug, right? That's where it all starts for yep. us all. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, mm -hmm. so, and I think especially during COVID people seeing themselves on zoom, seeing their wrinkles, um, you know, mm -hmm. the downlining is not great for uh, the way your face looks. So I think definitely Botox, it's quick, it's easy. It's generally, you know, pretty inexpensive compared to fillers, which can run into like the many, many thousands of dollars, depending on what it is you need and what you want. So yeah, mm. I think Botox still winning, I think. Yeah. I mean, if you ask me personally, and again, this is where sort of it gets interesting with marketing and Instagram, you know, I tend to focus a lot on, you know, the, the look rather than the facial area. So a lot of people come because they don't want to look tired. So then it's often mid face and under eye. I get a lot of people young or old sort of looking for that sort of treatment. So if I had to say what's like the one thing apart from Botox, it might be mid face and, and sort of not looking as tired. Yeah. Has the industry in Australia come back from COVID? Oh, yeah. I, I was speaking to someone from Allegan and they said that apart from China and Australia, which have ran away with like, you know, unprecedented growth. I mean, we're talking insane sort of um, figures, you know, considering we were closed for at least three months in the first and really only lockdown we've had. The, the sales, I mean, I don't know if you yeah. can speak for yourself, but it, it's well over the yearly um, earnings, despite the fact that we didn't work for three months. Yeah. Oh, there was definitely like a pent up demand. Like as soon as we reopened, people were just like busting down the door. There was booked out, you know, a number of weeks in advance. I mean, Jake got all sorts of um, offers to do some sort of unspeakable <laughs> things to, uh, to get treatment. Some back alley Botox. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you joke, but I'm absolutely serious. It was like, I'll meet you in a car park. I'll drive around to your house and you can do me in the garden. We can wear masks and... Um, <laughs> more dodgy stuff that I won't even go into, but, uh, but people went crazy. Like yeah. literally they went crazy for it. And mm -hmm. and at first I was like, ah, oh, this is just so horrible and, and I hate my industry. And then I thought, you know, once it all calmed down and I started seeing people and we worked through, you know, we got rid of the backlog. I was like, Do you know what? I really feel valued. And, and I understand, well, I understood before, but it, it really showed 
how important we are for our patients and it's not just a superficial wrinkle it's we're making people feel better and they felt like shit during lockdown let's just be honest mm -hmm. yeah so it, it was really quite powerful but but it took me a while to sort of understand the psychology of it all yeah also people become so addicted to these treatments and then you sort of get that three-month mark where people might be got caught in the middle of their cycle in terms of their Botox wearing off and, you know, their husbands are working out what they really look like. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody divorces yeah. in COVID. Because yeah. they're like, that's what your forehead really looks like? I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm curious to know how it has gone from your side because you've sort of bounced in and out of of, of multiple lockdowns. And I, I don't know if, you, if you're back up and running yet. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, so we had a very strict lockdown in the beginning for two months. And then the medical side was, we were able to open. It was very weird. There's like um, um, medical necessities were able to open up. Well, everyone medical just opened back up. So our estheticians had a little bit more restrictions throughout the year. So we have been open since last May on mm. the medical side of things. And same thing, even those two months of being closed, it was insane when we first opened up. And now we are actually seeing the second wave because um, most the are the vaccine is available to anyone at this point in the United States. So people are coming out that we haven't seen in over a year that had been avoiding treatments and saying they're vaccinated and weddings are starting to occur again. And even if you're wearing a mask, it, it is so interesting. I find that people do it for themselves. They want to look good. They're not trying to do it to impress others. And I think it just, it, we're just, yeah, exact same as you guys, just so busy. Some people have gained some weight, the, you know, COVID 10, 15 pounds, and they want to <laughs> fill up some cheeks to balance it out. Are you raising your hand, Megan, from the Zoom? Yes, I was like, uh, tis I. And I actually got cheeks for my birthday. I do a top up once a year. I mean, I'm on schedule, just like you guys had mentioned when, when you go, you go three months, that's, a, that is a, a, how long it takes for Botox to wear off for me. I'm like three months to the day. And when you don't have it, you realize how important it is to you and how much you love it and how you can't live without it. So mm -hmm. for my birthday, I had Aaron pop up some cheek just to balance, you know, all the weight gain in my FUPA. To hopefully draw attention <laughs> up to my cheekbones rather than to my rolls. And it worked, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what people notice are my popping contoured it's cheeks. It's good work. I like so, it. Very well good. Done. Also as Thank well, you. Um, Thank you. there's that, that phenomenon called like the lipstick economy, right? Where people mm -hmm. will gravitate towards these um, procedures that make them feel good, doing things that make them feel good about themselves. People can't really travel. They're not like taking out, you know, big expensive loans for like new cars and things like that. So going in and getting your treatments done is something that you most people can still afford and it makes them feel good. So I think people mm -hmm. gravitate to it's sort of like almost a recession proof industry or we'll call it re re recession resistant. I know nothing's completely proof, but it, it seems to have d stood up well when a lot of other businesses have been struggling. Mm. And yeah, I agree. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Yeah, I agree. I think less people, even if they're putting off their bigger cosmetic surgeries, like yeah. a facelift, mm -hmm. so they're more likely to spend, you know, it's reasonable to spend a few hundred dollars to look better versus tens of thousands of dollars. Um, I mean, the yeah. other interesting thing, you know, this kind of logical, but I don't think people connected the dots is because we're wearing masks and also working from home. People don't give a shit about the downtime or swollen lips or, or bell chiron uh, neck. Oh, sorry, you call it Kybella or, yeah. you know, a, a lot of stuff that they really fussed about before. They're like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm just at home on my laptop all day. Who cares? So it's like this unique paradigm shift where people are just more open to it and they've got more cash. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And also having a mask to cover your face, that was like our selling point. That just cinched the deal. I'd say, listen, you don't have to like, you'll wear a mask and nobody will notice if you're swollen or bruised. This is the best time to get it. And then you emerge at the restaurant 14 days later looking stunning. It's it's the best time. So I love that you called it, you know, uh, recession resistant. And so, um, you know, Dr. Jake, you have, uh, you know, you've been an MD, you were trained in the UK. Um, what did you do before you were in cosmetic or we, what we call aesthetic injectables or aesthetic medicine? Yeah. So I trained, um, as a doctor in London, um, you know, probably similar to America, you sort of get bounced around all these nightmare jobs doing days, nights, long days, weekends, whatever. Anyway, but I decided even before I started that I wanted to do surgery, but I, I didn't really know what branch of surgery. So I, I think you guys do the same. You, you sort of do general surgery and then you can sort of branch off into plastics or whatever you like. And I originally sort of had this loose idea that plastics just seemed interesting and cool. But, um, you know, when, when you do plastics in the public system, in the UK at least, it's very different. You're not doing any of the cosmetic stuff. So you're just sort of dealing with dog bites and, you know, lacerations and burns and stuff, which is, of course, you know, interesting, but it's not what I wanted to do. So I pursued a career in general surgery. I did a lot of bowel surgery. I did a lot of breast surgery, but you know, for cancer really, rather than cosmetic. Um, but really, really early on, I also tacked injectables onto the side. So I think within the first year of being a doctor, I went along to a sort of a really basic course and, you know, you know, I'll be completely honest for, for about six or seven years, it was sort of like a hobby on the side because I just didn't have the time to dedicate to it. And then when I moved to Australia to continue my surgical training, I did that for another two years. And then, you know, I'm sure you've heard in our previous podcast, I kind of got a bit disillusioned with, well, a lack of quality of life. And we just had our first kid um, around that time. And I just sort of stepped away thinking, well, I'm not sure if I want to do this for another 30 years. It's just too much sort of doing a hundred hour weeks and stuff. And, um, and then I kind of just sort of fell into injecting almost full time and, and here I am. So yeah, that's the life story. How many days a week are you injecting now? So I've got, yeah, I've got quite a nice life balance. So Wednesdays, which is obviously today, um, we it's like podcast and admin day. So I don't inject on mm-hmm. a Wednesday. And then I'll inject Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then sort of Sunday, Monday is my, my weekend. And Monday ends up sort of being absorbed by meetings and more admin and meeting David for random podcast stuff and all the rest of it. But yeah, it's, it's quite a nice balance. Yeah. That's nice. Better than a hundred hours. Definitely better than a hundred hours. And and I've made a commitment to myself. I will not work before 10 o'clock. So if I'm going to inject. That sounds like me. 10 is my, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. 10 is my earliest. In fact, some days I start at 11, but then I'll work through till seven. So, you know, I think, you know, yeah. anyone listening, if you want to reinvent yourself, just make some commitments to yourself and stick to them. Because, you know, if you don't have to work nine till five like then yeah. then just don't bother but when do you actually sleep i mean because i'm like i'll get up to go like to the toilet at 1 a.m and i'll just pick up my phone and you're online and then you're up at 4 a.m so i mean what do you, <laughs> it's called having like young children i just yeah, <laughs> yeah I, i'm online a lot and and because you know because of the nature of the podcast and guests uh, you know different countries and i talk mm-hmm. to lots of people through the allegan network and i i just get whatsapps a lot and I don't know. I, yeah, I don't need much sleep. I just burn the candle at both ends and we'll see where it ends up. 
Jake's actually so, yeah, Jake, Jake's actually eighteen. He just looks like he's forty. You, you guys got. I'm gonna put pictures up of both of you so they could see how hunky and handsome you are. But I ah, mean, stop. The inject. This is proof that male injectables can look fantastic and just preserve. Thank you. Yeah, yeah look, um, you guys are prime examples of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm Dan Jake's guinea pig. Wow, well, about guinea pig, but no, but we're, we're quite open about our treatments, and you know, started before I even met you, and what, you know, when I trained, I remember you know, we had to be models for each other. So I had Botox the first day that I learned to do Botox. And um, yeah, it'd be it'd like, like we were saying about the pent up demand, it would be weird to not do it. I mean, you know, I think we all like how we look and we want to maintain that whether we cut our hair or buy nice clothes or when we wear makeup, why wouldn't you if yeah. if you can make something better? Yeah, it's an interesting um, mm-hmm. discussion piece because a lot of people judge people that have injectables. Oh, you should just be natural, embrace who you are, all this sort of stuff. And then they're going and getting spray tans and doing their hair mm-hmm. and getting the nails. And I'm like, what's the fucking difference? You're still doing it for the same primary underlying reason, which is you want to look better. The fact that one of it, like one form comes through a Botox and the other comes through a spray tan with a chemical you put on your skin. Why, why do people judge people for that? I don't, I don't get it. Is there a lot of judgment in Australia? Is there more of this negative connotation still with injectables? I have to say, and I can only reflect on the UK here. It's, um, I think more people do it here. Like, well, there, there's a figure banded around that's about seven or eight percent market penetration. So eight percent of the population have had at least one injectable, which is apparently quite high compared to mm-hmm. other countries and markets. But no, I, I reflect on the UK, and I mean, UK has changed since I've been there. But I think Europe is a little bit more conservative. Australia is is more open to you know, you know, sort of looking good, feeling good. It's a bit like California, so it's it's a very similar. Yeah. niche of people and weather and, and lifestyle. Yeah, somewhere between California and Miami, depending on which part of Australia you go to, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you head up to like, <laughs> if you head up to the Gold Coast, um, which is in Queensland for anyone who's not in Australia listening, so it's probably hotter so, and more yeah, tropical. Yeah, it's more like a subtropical sort of area. So people tend to have a bit more of an extreme look up there. I'm generalizing. Sorry, Queensland people, don't kill me. I'm just generalizing. Um, <laughs> where So that's probably more closer to Miami, whereas ah, in Sydney... I, a, I, yeah. I smell what you're cooking. Yeah, okay. yeah. You're picking up what we're putting down? Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not what we're known for at all. Like we, I mean... Speaking of, you know, your, your perspective, Dr. Jake, about, you know, you were trained in the UK, so you live there, you're from there. I don't know if this happens on your Instagram pages, but once you follow enough aesthetic injector accounts or doctor accounts or Allergan, you get a whole bunch of suggested posts. Mm-hmm. And what I see a lot in the UK are these 90 degree jaw lines that can cut a piece of charred cheese. Well, it looks Is like that- they've got a shoe shoved into their jaw. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, like a protractor. Yeah. And, and the they show these before and yeah. after of these women where, you know, very big, juicy Russian lips and 90 degree jawlines. And yeah. so I w- kind of wanted to ask, like, from your more international perspective, what we've talked about before on the show, Russian doll lips, mm-hmm. um, these 90 degree jawlines that are super chiseled. So very masculine looking chiseled jaws on beautiful, big lipped big knocker women. And then also something else, which isn't injectables, but you might have something to say, Dr. Jake, these Barbie noses um. that are very popular in Turkey. I see a lot of people going to Turkey yeah. for rhinoplasty. So this, where your nose almost looks like it's cut in half yeah. and flipped upwards. We call you it guys, the, it's the Tinkerbell nose. Tinkerbell. Okay. Yeah. Barbie nose Tinkerbell, where it looks very, very small for the, the whole holistic 
look of the face. Do you yeah. guys see that a lot, or do people oh, yeah. ask for that? Well, I, I think a year, two, three years ago, definitely in Australia, it just mm. seemed to be a a thing. And you know, this is where social media really comes in, and it's like the double edged sword. You know, it's great to promote you know, stuff, but when it's shit stuff, it's really bad because everyone sees it and it becomes normalized almost. So, you know, the UK is a weird market. It's probably sort of the worst example in the world that I can think of, um, unfortunately, where the, 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 the regulations are so poor um, that, you know, anyone can pick up a syringe. And, and when I say anyone, I literally mean you, Megan, or, or, or anyone. Or your, or your house cleaner, or your garbologist, or like your, what, your, nail, your nail tech. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so it's, they're kind of in this weird world where sort of the horse has bolted and it's been like that, you know, since it started. Um, thank God that, I mean, I'm sure there are, there are obviously horrendous complications, but we, we haven't seen any evidence to show that definitively there's a, like a problem. And so that's maybe why it hasn't sort of been jumped on and sort of controlled better. But anyway, the reality is that there's some average injecting going on, but also the flip side is that patients actually coming to ask for these treatments. And so it's almost like, well, why? Because it, you know, in my aesthetic, it's not very nice. And, and you've sort of alluded to the fact that it's not nice, but patients are kind of asking for it. And I think that is because, you know, celebrities and the Kardashians and whoever, the, the trends that they're pushing out are not real. They're filtered, they're doctored, they're mm-hmm. you know airbrushed and, and whatever. So these women look incredible with, you know, almost inhuman jawlines and perfect <laughs> skin and whatever. And, and so unfortunately young people influenced to sort of chase that dream that doesn't exist anyway. Yeah. Um, and then they look weird, you know, if, if you were doing sort of a, a fashion editorial shoot and, and you kind of looked, you know, that way, maybe it would kind of work because it's a bit arty and, and whatever. But in real life, it looks ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, women are becoming masculinized or just overfilled and pillow faced yeah. and distorted as well. Well, we, we've got like, we've had a few guests on recently. We've got um, Steve Harris on, Dr. Steve Harris coming on later this week, who's going to talk to us all about this sort of alien esque sort of look that people are starting to take on. But I think we're starting to see injectors push back and say no and say, look, I'm not comfortable putting my name next to that treatment. So I think we're starting to see us maturing as an industry Mm. and injectors starting to understand their role and being confident enough to actually push back and and not do things they're not comfortable with. But I guess, you know, part of it is people see treatments on other people and that might look great on them, but they might be a completely different ethnicity with a different facial structure, different colouring, all sorts of things. And it's like, well, that look, I'll, you know, the, the nose that your friend has isn't going to suit your face because you look entirely different. And that's a challenge as well. Yeah. And yeah, the, the, the Tinkerbell, I, I don't like it. Um, I don't know. I don't know where it started, but I, I know some practitioners. Michael who are Jackson. High, that's where well, it started. Yeah, maybe. But you know, the, the original. High, yeah. yeah. He was the OG with that, with his little nose. So yeah. for people who have no idea what we're talking about, it's where you almost like, like it feels like just the tip of your nose is then pointing out of your face it yeah. just doesn't make sense it's so yeah. so small how do you breathe like you out of it yeah. you can't breathe and what i noticed is all of these these before and after that these these nose docs put up are uh the location tags just it's like is turkey like an epicenter yeah. for a rhinoplasty it is yeah. yeah and hair transplant and they do is it teeth oh. as well teeth as well yeah so, so there's certain centers like 
Turkey is kind of the obvious one. I'm sure there are others where certain things have become like world center. So hair transplant, you know, every everyone that I know would know that Turkey is the place to go. Yes, the, the work is good, but it's just unbelievably cheap. And so, mm-hmm. you know, people will fly from, you know, even Australia, obviously we can't now, but, we, you know, when the skies are open, get their procedure done, get the hotel stay and follow up. And and it's like more than half price compared to Australia, probably a third of the price. And so it's just attractive to sort of go because people unfortunately base these decisions on price first rather than quality occasionally. Or they don't think it all the way through. Like what happens when you get back home and something goes wrong? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to hop back on a plane yeah. to Turkey or you're going to try and convince the doctor here to fix it for you that's then going to charge you four times the original price. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, we, we did yeah. an episode, I think it was episode 99 or 101 with uh, Greg Lemon. Oh, yes, from Cosmeditour. And he set up a, a company called Cosmeditour here in Australia. And up until COVID, they were flying a lot of patients to Thailand for cosmetic surgery. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, lipo, breast augmentation, facelifts, whatever. And again, you know, that sounds kind of like, you know, inverted commas dodgy because, you know, how do you know what's going to happen and so forth. But he set up a really quite robust um, sort of follow-up process. You, yeah. If you did have a problem, you'd be seen by an Australian surgeon and you'd be looked after under insurance and so on. So these things can work. Um, I just think you've got to do your due diligence. I don't know how it works in America. I mean, wh- where would you go? Mexico. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Mexico. Yeah. A lot of people mm-hmm. go to Mexico for um, dentistry yeah. and mm-hmm. for like mommy makeovers. It's been really popular. They, they have created almost like medical centers. So yeah. big buildings with a lot of doctors, you'll see a lot of billboards uh, promoting plastic surgery, full-blown mommy makeovers. So you could get a breast lift, aug, tummy tuck, like arm surgery for, like you said, half the price, but you stay there and there could be complications just like anything. So you know, Erin's had experiences where she's had to, you know, dissolve other people's work mm. and kind of start fresh and start over. So it's interesting to hear that it's, you know, it's kind of everywhere and it's not just this kind of like overstuffed or pillow face phenomenon isn't just particular to a certain place. It's kind of worldwide. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, th- I think even injectors have sort of learned maybe the hard way that they've maybe pushed too much or, or they haven't quite uh-huh. understood the rheology of filler and their technique maybe needed refining and you know th- this is all an evolution and I'm not sort of blaming anyone but yeah that, that overfilled look it, it, it was a problem and, and it still is to some extent you know you sort of go to certain areas of Sydney and you're like whoa it's a bit like um, uh, sorry what's the famous street in um, LA um, oh, you're talking like Rodeo, Rodeo yeah, Drive, yeah. you know you yeah, just Drive. kind of know that you, you've kind of arrived and you look at everyone's face and they're all like cookie cutter examples of this or the sort of the same bad work I guess um, yeah. but your general patient is kind of a bit more you know, they don't want to look like that. It just sort of happens. Well, you only notice the bad work. Yeah. I mean, if someone's had good work mm-hmm. done and you don't notice it. So when people go, oh, no, when you get Botox, it's when they make me look weird. It's like, well, because you've only seen like weird stuff. You only notice <laughs> the weird shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think one thing, especially in the United States, I think injectors are learning that you cannot create a surgical result with injectables only. I think sometimes we think, oh, you know, we can inject the cheeks to lift and, you know, brow lift with Botox. Sometimes you just need a surgery. So there is some point where you have to say no. And it's a business too. You know, a lot of times people have a hard time saying no to that $500, $1,000, but it just, it just never works out if you're going above and beyond 
what you are able to do. I also find that if someone comes in asking for that really cut jawline, it at least gives me the introduction to explain to them why it won't look good on them, but what would look good on them to create a better jawline like Kybella or refer them out for liposuction or chin fillers. There's ways to create that, that look without being so harsh too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the one thing I've sort of learned in my consults and sort of I'm still tinkering with the process is, is to sort of hear people out, listen to their wants, of course, and then steer them in a kind way towards their needs. And, and photos help mm-hmm. a lot with that. So and, and I think people really respect you if you kind of go, mm, not kind of so sure or, or you say no occasionally, they, they respect you for that. You don't have to say yes to everything because otherwise, you know, eventually things look odd or, or or they'll come back to you and say well you agreed to this now this is your problem so i think you have to sort mm-hmm, of own, mm-hmm. own things occasionally and say well no and sometimes i do turn people away yeah well we maybe haven't done ourselves any favors with coming up with terms like the liquid facelift which probably gives people uh. the wrong idea right <laughs> yeah it's, yeah it rolls off the tongue so, it does you know. yeah but then people are expecting a, you know they might listen to that and go well I expect a facelift result for that. And now I don't look like that and give me my money back. Maybe. Well, do you guys have at your, uh, at your clinic kind of like, um, like in the past, like I know Erin has had clients where she said you would be a great candidate for a facelift. I can refer you. And they're just adamant. They're like, Nope, I'm not going under. I will never go under. And then it will say, okay, well we're going to under treat. So like this, we're giving them very realistic. You have like a, something you have to sign that says, I know I'm not going to get a faceless r- result from this, you know, filler or something like that. Yeah, you guys but, have to cover your ass. But you're right. And then that conversation happens a lot, but you just have to sort of underscore that with human nature is you're still expecting the facelift. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even if I do the 12 mils and we commit to that and, and we do it, you know, in one go for the biggest impact and so on. If I smell a red flag that they're not, being realistic or, or they actually do want a facelift I won't proceed because I, I I've tried before and people kind of go well mm. I've wasted five grand and I yeah. just wanted it to be you know yeah. they do the two finger facelift don't they they, they all say I just want that yeah, snatch just yeah. a little just a little but you say just a little and then they pull it back three inches and they've got like skin <laughs> hanging behind their ears so it looks like a bulldog yeah <laughs> Um, I mean, do you guys have that problem where you have patients that, um, you know, tell you exactly how to do the treatments? Like you're walking into a restaurant and then you walk into the kitchen, you go, okay, this is how you're going to cook my pasta. This is how you're going to do it. I mean, do you have that sort of issue? Like, how do you combat that? Because we have that issue here Uh, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. You know, it's funny. I use that exact analogy because people ask me, what technique are you going to use? Where are you going to put it? And I'll tell them... I'll tell them, well, if you go to a restaurant and you order a steak medium well or medium rare, you don't ask the chef how they're going to cook it. You just have to trust I know what I'm going to do. Have you yeah. used that exact example, cut- haven't well, I? Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I, probably heard, I probably heard it from you guys. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and I almost uh, just try to, do- if I dominate the in- encounter, then I think they respect that a little bit more. I do. I don't currently take any new patients because my schedule is so full. So I don't get that as much because I'm seeing recurring patients. Yeah. But I, our other injectors absolutely do get that, and I, I think it's not giving that that conversation much time. It's, yeah. They don't. They don't have to understand it. You just have to stand. Just know I will give you the desired result but you don't have to know the whole technique behind it. Yeah. Mm. What about things like, um, sorry, I feel like I'm asking the questions now, but I'm just sorry. <laughs> no, just I'm going into autopilot. I'm sorry. Sorry. 
but like you're crossing into territory of also like body dysmorphia as well, where you might have actually given them mm-hmm. the result, but they're not seeing it. They still see the person in the mirror that they saw before they had the treatment. And then that's a whole other yeah. different, do you use the term kettle of fish? In America, no, whole different story. Whole, okay, no, okay. So, so it's it's a whole dif- that's a whole other ball game, right? Like if someone's actually yes. got the result, but you're there going, I can't see the difference. You're like, well, here's your before and after. Like, and they're like, no, I still don't see it. Like that's an issue too, right? Oh yeah, we we had a patient one time. Her eyebrows were naturally like a centimeter higher, and they were still like that afterwards. We're like, no, it was like that before. She's like, no, it wasn't. We took out a ruler on the photo and said, look at the ruler is crooked. She's like, no, I don't, I don't see that. And so some people you can't get, get past that. Mm. But for me, I feel like if you do this long enough, you can smell that type of personality within a you know one minute of having a conversation with them. So I think I'm pretty good at turning them away or just letting them know I'm not the best injector for you. There is someone else out there. Let me refer you to a surgeon or to a psychiatrist and you know, <laughs> or I, I, like- I will, I'll get bold. I'll get bold with it and, and just let them know like you, it, it, it's almost kind of nice if you build that rapport, like, you know, what's going on in your life. Um, there seems like there's something more. And I think a lot of people don't ask that that question. And when they do get vulnerable, most of the time, you know, sometimes they don't want to open up, but when they do that, they're, they'll at least take the number or the referral. And then I don't know what they do with it, yeah. but, um, yeah, that's a whole, a whole nother ball game. Yeah. With, Jake loves those patients. If they want that result, you should send them to Dr. Jake Sloan in Sydney, Australia. Okay. He loves those people. <laughs> He's waiting. Well, it's like, what's the class situation down there? Can I fly in right away? Yeah. Do I got to see the hotel? Oh, I want to see Dr. Well, anyone Jake. listening, Jake's mobile number is plus six one. No. <laughs> what's up, Pam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Slide into oh the DMs. Yeah. What I was going to say is for any doctor or injector listening, thinking, yeah, how do I handle those patients? And, and it's always so awkward. It doesn't matter how you play it. It's awkward. But it's better to be awkward and have a kind of weird console and, and, and that's the end of it than than proceeding and going down this horrendous road and they spend mm-hmm. whatever money, come back and complain. Sometimes it gets legal and it that is way worse than having an awkward sort of half an hour with someone. So suck it up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. That's what Megan would do the dirty work for me, right, Megan? Yeah. Oh, no. I, believe it or not, I shake in my boot. When we, had, when we first opened, it was just me and Aaron doing literally everything. I was like... We here in America or Aaron's technique for distraction is tapping. I don't know if that's popular, but when you tap during injections to distract the patient and I was doing that one time and we had a very challenging client. And I mean, I, I had to like almost take a smoke break outside. I was so stressed (laughs) over the whole situation and it was getting each time we saw her, it was getting increasingly difficult and Aaron had to eject her like had to cut it off and I was so scared for her like I had to go walk around the block and you think me a big bold loud Aries six foot tall Amazon would like handle it no Erin right here she's like let me handle it and she <laughs> and because it's going to protect her staff it's going to protect the front desk people it's go- it's like a it's a it's a visceral poison in the air and there's no amount of money that they spend that will make it worth the abuse worth the uh the demands the the demeaning of the, her medical assistants uh making us change certain sounds or certain lights or certain scents or i mean just one of those like a pill we call it here and um it's gotten easier for aaron i've seen it with my own eyes just because it's not personal it's just it's business mm-hmm. you know she's protecting her brand and her business and her employees and yeah. you just can't win with those cuckoos 
Hundred percent agree. Yeah, just get rid of them. Cuckoo. That's the new technical term. Cuckoo. Cuckoos. Cuckoos. Yeah. Cuckoo. We got a cuckoo yeah. code red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. On the medical chart, what do you code that? You have like a special code, I'm sure, for AC cuckoos. Cuckoos. Yeah. But both. So, Doctor Jake, you act. You and Aaron have something in common. You we are do. both trainers for Allergan. Ooh, yeah. I, I'd so, love to know how I it mean, works in the states because I think it's a bit different. So how it works in the States is the, uh, I, I'm a trainer for Allergan and Galderma and SkinCeuticals. They will, they contract me to go to different offices or they have injectors come to my office and then I train them on whatever is on label in the United States. Mm-hmm. So I, so say um, Voluma, I can teach them how to che- uh, tr- inject Voluma into the cheeks and the chin. That's the only places if Allergan is sponsoring the training. Yeah. So that's how it works here. Yeah. So the, it's slightly different here. So I work as a, you know, a trainer or a key opinion leader normally to, I'm not saying bigger events. I'm not teaching hundreds of people, but we will normally go to a hotel. They'll hire out a conference room. I might just do a talk or, or, or often there's like sort of live injecting after the talk, but we don't do any sort of stuff like going to clinics or, or we don't have any people coming mm-hmm. to my clinic. They have a separate team called clinical specialists. Um, mm. So they're sort of trained within Allergan to go and, you know, and sort of support people, facilitate their injection technique and a bit of business um, sort of, sort of uh, handholding as well, I guess. So um, yeah, so I've actually just been appointed to train those clinical specialists. So that's kind of a nice little new thing that I'll be doing. Mm, and do you like do you like training or does it exhaust you? No, I, I, I do. I mean, I don't probably have aspirations to be flying around all the world every, you know, like before COVID. I mean, some of the bigger KOLs, I don't know how they did it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, mm-hmm. they're literally one country, another country, another country. And, you know, that doesn't work with family life and trying to run your own clinic and stuff. Yeah. But um, no, I do. I, I used to train junior surgeons when I was, um, you know, in hospital. I used to teach for the Royal College of Surgeons, which is sort of our, you know, college. And I just, I don't know, just like, it's different. Like you're, you're kind of injecting or, or talking about injecting, but it's it's different. You're imparting your knowledge and, and you're sort of talking with colleagues and bouncing ideas around. So it's nice. Jake likes telling people what to do with, from the comfort of his own home. He doesn't like to travel. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I, I, as a teacher, I find that you learn as well. You just pick up stuff that, you, you know, you, you can be very tunnel visioned when, when you've been doing it for a few years. And it's nice mm-hmm. to just see how other people do it as well. Yeah, absolutely. You guys um, out of questions. Let's see. I, 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 have <laughs> <list here>. okay. <laughs> I was going to ask you a question. I keep remembering it's not our episode, so I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> Yeah. So with so in your podcast, you interview doctors, um, practitioners of all different types from all different type or all different countries, which is what appeals uh, what appeals to us a lot because I feel like you guys have a broader perspective than we do. So, what has been the biggest surprise that you've learned from some of these doctors or injectors from other countries? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, I remember we were speaking to. Subio and also another injector, Dr. David Mabry. He's actually in San Fran, so maybe mm-hmm. he's close to you. He's in ENT, yeah. Yeah, but it, but he's yeah, he does now mainly pure, Well, he's purely doing injectables now, and it just seems really expensive in in the states. Um, I don't know about toxin, but filler. You know, even your cost price was expensive, and then your selling price to patients was like 
crazy expensive. I, I, I'm not knocking your prices. It just seemed the market is different. Um, so, you know, it got to a point where Subio was saying he, he sort of doesn't want to use, you know, some of the bigger brands because he just can't afford it. And so he's dropped down and I think he's, is it Versa? Is that one of your brands? Mm -hmm. So he's using Versa, yeah, but just because he can use more mills of filler and deliver, you know, in, in his eyes, better results because it's just more affordable. So, you know, it, it would be difficult as an injector like me, because I use, you know, big mills and, and big volumes and, and sort of trying to sell that to, to an American patient might be quite difficult. I don't know. Hmm. And I think um, mm -hmm. some of the things as well, that beauty of the World Series that we did where we spoke to injectors from different regions and looked at the way that they approach, you know, unique anatomy in different parts of the world, different, you know, natural uh, facial structures, um, what treatments are more popular. So we found that like, you know, it's, it's really interesting talking to these different people and working with different ethnicities and finding out, you know, what cultural trends are driving treatments in their region of the world and, and how they approach different, different uh, treatment modalities and so on. Mm. But I don't think anything jumped out at me as being completely out of the box. Mm. But but it's just different. And 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 again, pricing was different. Europe's super cheap to buy product, you know, as a, as a doctor or as a clinic. Um, but here in Australia, again, I think our buying price is actually relatively expensive compared to some of the people we spoke to. Mm. So yeah, how about yourselves? Uh. Well, talking about pricing, it is it it, it is expensive, and we we learn to make little go far as far as it can go. I mean, our bread and butter is doing a uh, one syringe of filler and twenty four units of Botox, and we bang that out all wow. day long. Wow, where yeah. do you put twenty four uh, units, by the way? Uh, like glabella or yeah. glabella and a, a little big bit ass forehead. forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm what thirty six. Aaron has me down. I do. Uh, so you're like a hundred in your platysmal bands. Let's be real. And my armpits and masseters, <laughs> my crotch for my crotch. Wow. sphincter. <laughs> exactly. I got to relax the sphincter, you know, like I need a lot of Botox. So I got to make it stretch. So I'll say, Hey, give me more Botox. I'll take less filler. I'd rather relax a whole bunch of stuff then fill it up. But is that one ML like a syringe? Because I know you say ML. So is that like mm -hmm. a syringe to you, Aaron? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's expensive, but you know, I, I am more on the side of, I know all the portfolios so well, and I do believe there are nuances with each different type of filler that gives me slightly different results. Mm -hmm. So there are some areas like the, like pre-gel sulcus, I can put almost anything in there and I don't really care because I just need volume. But if I'm doing lips or tear troughs or something that I want something either really firm or really soft or really flexible, I will stare at my cabinet of filler and pick which the exact one I want. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, the patients, they, they pay for it. I mean, I think that's just what the market is and they are, they are willing to pay for it. And we're just very realistic about results. And if someone does need more surgery, we'll just refer them out to surgery. Do you yeah. mind me asking how much you guys charge? I'm just, you know, just curious to know how it all works there. Yeah, we charge anywhere between six hundred to eight hundred dollars a syringe. Just P.S. Oh. Jake's Jewish. Just, just David Jewish as well. L'chaim. 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 Shalom. L'chaim. I'm working this out. Straight Hold to on. the money. The calculator. That's like the yes. first app. On, the first app on his phone is yeah. the calculator. Look at <laughs> 
like Aaron. Oh my god. We've just sat there and said we spoke to all these doctors around the world about price, and now you're taking the piss out of me for asking about the of price. Course, it's my job. <laughs> that taking is uh, that is a that's yeah. What a is that dwarf. compared? Yeah, it's a thousand and thirty-four dollars. That's that's up there. Yeah. With that's the, why they with, have so many. That's why they can afford so many closets. I know, right? And also, <laughs> also note that where our location, our locations are not in like Los Angeles. Like we are in, we have a location in Newport Beach, which yes, the Orange County Housewives are from that area. Mm-hmm. So that's a top tier city. But our Aaron's first location is in a suburb called Claremont, which is technically Los Angeles County. But it's not Beverly Hills. It's not, you know, so these, you know, Nassif, he charges two, three times as much. And the do- and the difference, too, is like doctors like, you know, Rivkin or Nassif, they can charge more if they do choose to do injectables than, say, their PA or their NP. They're allowed to, det- if they want to charge more because they're doing it versus yeah. somebody else. I don't know if you guys experience that, too, because do a lot of doctors inject in australia or do they think that's like well i was just gonna say i mean i think that depends on what type of doctor you're talking about so cosmetic physicians like jake obviously do a lot of injected injecting and then you've got your your plastic surgeons and most of them either have nurses working within their within their clinic who they refer all their injectable work to or they'll charge like 50 dollars a unit so that if they're doing it they're making it worth their while or Mm-hmm. They don't want actually. It's actually more of a deterrent because they don't want people asking them to do it. Yeah, I, I would say yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know a figure. I reckon less than five percent of it, of plastic surgeons are actually yeah. injecting. I reckon they're just you know they're in their um, in, yeah in, in theatre. That's where they're making the money and that's yeah. what they enjoy doing. They might do it as um, you know after a facelift or after a rhinoplasty to like fine tune a result. Maybe probably that's when they do it. Like I've, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but even someone like I mean like the good example is Michael Zachariah, who we've had on. He's a a well known ENT. He will. Yeah. inject and and he enjoys it but he's not the he's not the norm yeah well you think about like just from a financial perspective they're going to earn way more money being in the or mm-hmm. is it the or operating yeah. room yeah yeah I, i'm trying yes. to, i'm just trying to use american terminology yeah um then, <laughs> then what they want they would like in you know in, in just like their normal clinic yeah so yeah. probably monetary more than anything probably but then you get you know the unicorns like Stephen Liu who we've had on he's like yeah. Of course, he's a very skilled plastic surgeon. That's what he's trained in. But I think he would be better known as a global key opinion leader in injectables. Yeah. So, you know, you do get people occasionally. But um, I think in the States, I get the impression that a lot more plastics are, are kind of dabbling and doing a bit um, just because they have their Medispa kind of thing on the side of their of their rooms and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have mid-level providers in Australia, like uh, nurse practitioners or PAs, physician assistants? Well, I was going to ask what, I know that you are a physician's assistant, yeah. but I don't yeah. really understand what it is. Could you, could you explain it? it? Is, oh, sure. It is the worst name for a profession ever, <laughs> right. is what it is. But <laughs> what it, name. Oh, well, I don't, we have, you I know, thought it was HBIC. Are, What's going on? Now you're telling me you're a physician's yeah, assistant? <laughs> That's what my back, my back tattoo says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a, a physician assistant, we're technically a mid-level provider. So I have my master's degree in medicine. So I'm able to diagnose and prescribe medications and treatments, but you always have to work under the supervision of a physician, which is variable from state to state. So in the state of California, that just means I have to be able to be within electronic contact of my supervising physician. And he just has to, well, the law just changed, but he used to have to co-sign on 10 charts a month. And now it's just at their discretion. 
So I, I technically can't practice independently in California, but it's pretty darn close if mm. if you know what you're doing. So, so what, but as a, a nerd, oh, go ahead. So, well, what couldn't you do that a doctor could? The only thing I cannot do is perform surgery under general anesthesia. You don't want to do that anyway, so that's fine. I don't want to do that. But it, uh, you can do uh, procedures under local anesthesia. Um, what about sedation? Pretty, I mean, could you do it under sedation? Uh, n- no, I don't think so. Right. I've never, it, it, that's a gray area and I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my very yeah. awake and alert patients. <laughs> Stay away from the gray. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. No Michael but Jackson in, uh, milk here. No. Oh. <laughs> wow. God. No. Actually, we had, not um, we had Michael Jackson's cosmetic physician on a couple of weeks ago. Not the but, one that killed him, by the way. That was his GP. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, scandalous. <laughs> yeah. So his name is Dr. Patrick Treacy. Um, you may have come across him. He's been around in, in the industry for 30 years, probably. Yeah. So he's based in um, Ireland and um, will release his podcast in a couple of weeks. But yeah, when Michael Jackson lived in Ireland, interestingly, Michael Jackson actually flew to Patrick originally because. American doctors at the time didn't know how to use Hylase or Hylanex, as you call it. So he literally Whoa. flew to see Patrick because Patrick was one of the first people to kind of play mm. with and discover that Hylanex is a thing and you can use it to dissolve HA. Um, and then he became friendly and, and Michael would go to see him for his vitiligo and a few other things. So yeah, we, I mean, that wasn't the focus of our chat, but there's a little bit in there. So yeah. a bit interesting. of a, Very bit interesting of a prelude story. for you guys. You're just meeting everyone. I'm s- so who is who is on your hit list? Is there any uh, podcast Ooh. guest that is you are dying to sink your teeth we into? We were talking about getting the other half of a botched on. We were talking about yeah. getting Doctor mm-hmm. Terry Dubrow on at some point because mm-hmm. Jake's Jake's got a connection. Yeah, well, I probably shouldn't say it because of confidentiality, but a, a good friend of Terry and his wife I've come to know, so that may be a link. Um, personally, for me, I, I really want to get um, Maurizio De Maio on. I don't know if you know Maurizio, oh, yeah, because um, yeah. he's been really influential in you know what I do and how I how I work, and um, yeah, he's a bit of a personality as well. Um, we've just got so many ideas. We're you know we're thinking about maybe doing. Like a more videoed um, rather than audio thing. So something to sit alongside the podcast, maybe yeah. like a masterclass series um, mm-hmm. where we'll actually go, you know, and, and film certain techniques or skills. Yeah. Um, we want to do something a bit on social media because like we said, people yep. do it so badly, uh, including ourselves to be completely honest. <laughs> so we'll, we'll learn from there. And also some debates as well. We want to do some roundtable debates and discussions, not just us asking questions, but actually getting people who have maybe opposing views on the same subject matter. And actually hosting just discussions around, you know, their different points of view, which I think could add another dynamic and could get a little bit heated from from time and again, which is what people love watching car crashes. So that could be interesting as well. Just we'll get just put some Subio on the top of your Oh, list. yeah. Get Subio. Keep it spicy. Another, like, nose job doctor. Like, rhinoplasty <laughs> doctors, they'll go, to, they'll go to bat over, like, bone-in versus cartilage. That's what our guest, <laughs> Dr. Calvert, mentioned. He said, there's nothing more, like, eruptive and crazy than a nose job conference because they're all like bone no bone like stint no stint or whatever his nose job (laughs) referral was but i would love to see that i mean me as a non-medical provider i would love to see that type of scandal it's more exciting than like a mayweather fight (laughs) well mayweather fights you always knew how they were gonna they were gonna he was gonna win on points right and that was gonna be it (laughs) but you wanted him to get beaten up um yeah yeah what sort of topics would you suggest that we would cover? Like, what do you, what sort of debates would you guys like to hear? 
Oh, you guys cover so many. You guys have a lot of episodes under your belt. Uh, yeah, like 120 or so, right? Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, this week will be 120 with Jean Carruthers, like the, the queen of Botox who discovered cosmetic Botox. Yes. So that would oh, be... Oh, that is incredible. Yeah, it's, she uh, she was great value and, and really humble and, and nice to work with. So, yeah. yeah. Um, who else? Um, so, God, we want to, I actually want to do an episode on psychedelics and their use in treating PTSD and psychiatric oh. illnesses. So just some of those fringe topics that people are probably a little bit too nervous to talk about. We're happy to tackle them. So, and it's been good because I mean, I've said this in an episode recently, you know, when we first started, it was all about aesthetics and, and I've always sort of been looking at these sort of fringe treatments and listening to lots of weird Joe Rogan episodes and all those sort of topics that they discover. And I started talking to Jake about it and he's like, looked at me like I was from Mars going, we ain't talking about that. <laughs> but I've worn him down over two years and he's actually become a lot more open to those ideas. Like My what? anus has become wider and wider. <laughs> As, as time has gone on. So, well, you know. That's the beauty of a podcast is that it's not your practice. This is not, mm-hmm. like, you know, this is Aaron and I's, I mean, the stuff we say, I am surprised that Aaron's patients will come in and be like, oh, so Megan has a hairy muff patch I learned this weekend. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I forgot I said that. But it's not the practice. This is another side of us, but still showcasing things that interest mm-hmm. us. But medicine interests us, injectables interest us, uh, shams and scams interest us. You know, um, I, one of our other podcasts that we listen to by Dr. Jay Calvert, it's him and his um, fellow surgeon. They talk about like lipo in the ankles or like lipo versus kybella. Like that's a great topic or, you know, um, surgical treatments uh, and maybe what could be done with injectables instead and offering like why one is good for a certain type of person, just like your guest. Um, who talked about like the liquid, you know, non-surgical nose job versus rhinoplasty. Oh, yeah. I think those are really, really fun topics to cover um, because people just love to learn. And we have mm-hmm. so many listeners that are not medical, um, medically interested, like little baby Aaron Jensen's. Yeah. Aaron does have like a deep following that want to be her. There's just people like my friend's boyfriend listens to this because he thinks what we talk about is interesting and he drives a lot. And so, you know, it's just, I, I love that we have the podcast as an outlet and that mm. you guys can touch on subjects. You, you put out a, a podcast a week. So why not talk about, you know, microdosing uh, ketamine, you know, like it's something <laughs> to talk about <laughs> or take some mushrooms on episode. I mean, really talk it up. And like, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah we, I'm going to spike. I'm going to spike. I'm going to spike Jake's Negroni one of these days and things going to uh, get really interesting. <laughs> or maybe, you know, what you guys can do, you can take mushrooms and then, uh, inject David's half of his forehead before the mushrooms hit. And then let's do it. Erin, let's do a controlled trial. You do, Megan. I'll do David okay. and see what happens. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, that'd be crazy. Okay, so let me ask you this, guys. If you, okay, Dr. Jake, so if you weren't a doctor and David, if you weren't an entrepreneur, author, what would you guys be doing if you could pick a new career right now? I'd, probably a be, job? I'd be a tradesman. I would, have, I would have done like something like a carpenter or a builder or something with my hands. I feel I would have done. Well, I, like, when I was at school, everyone was like, you have to go to university or you're not going to amount to anything. So I think that I'm naturally inclined to like more artistic stuff. So I think if um, mm-hmm. I would have been able to be a, like in Australia, we have like a shortage of tradespeople. That's what we call them here. People that do like handyman work and builders and so mm-hmm. on. I'm not sure what you call them in the States. Um, yeah. If you actually just turn up on time and do what you say you're going to do, you like make a fortune. 
So I think with like a business brain and like those skills, I would have done really well. So that's probably what I would have done. I don't know if you know, David's also an internationally recognized bonsai tree artist and I'm not making that up. That's true. Really? So he, mm. could, he could just do that. Yeah, well. I probably could. I wouldn't make as much money, but it would be very rewarding. Honestly, go to his, what's your Instagram bonsai? Uh, boutique bonsai. Boutique yeah. bonsai. Check it out. It's fucking amazing. Some of the so stuff. You probably have really low blood pressure. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, probably. depends if like I'm sat next to him or not. Zen. Yeah, Mister like a Jewish Mister Miyagi. <laughs> The more you know. Okay, so then, Doctor Jake, what's your hidden talent and hidden hobby? Well. I can moonwalk. That's my hidden talent. And I can do the jumping splits, which I did do a oh, story on about two weeks ago. My, I, got like a, I got a pain in my testicles watching you do that. Yeah, that yeah. was really fun. <laughs> I was a bit dosed up with alcohol. It made it feel a lot better. But um, So I used to be able to, you know, I was the guy who used to get pushed onto the dance floor to make a dick of himself. Um, so that's my sort of hidden talent, inverted commas. So he would have been a backup dancer for Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I used, to, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut, um, but that wouldn't go very well because I kind of get car sick and I'm not good on rides. Yeah, and, re-entry could have been a yeah, challenge. Yeah, so re-entry wouldn't have been too cool for me. But um, if I could get over the sort of the, you know, the travel sickness, I'd love to be an astronaut. Yeah. well, You're still young, maybe one day. Yeah, Who well, knows? some of these astronauts are like fifty. Yeah, so I've still got ten years to. There you so go. Maybe. NASA, if you're looking for someone, Doctor Jake is your man. Yeah. Well, just wait for Elon. Elon Musk. He's yeah. going to create like a shuttle that takes us to Mars any any second now. So just hang tight. Okay, I'm going to make a bold statement. I'm going to be the first guy to do Botox on Mars. There we go. Oh. Wow. <laughs> are you going to put oh. yourself up for Neuralink? And Allegan can sponsor me. Yeah. Allergan, hey, I, Allergan, they know us well in the States at least. Um, so Allergan, I'm going to need a gallon of, I don't know what that is in, over in Australia, but I need a gallon of Botox because Dr. Jake is going to inject me head to toe in the space shuttle when we land at Mars. We're going to break records. Oh God, someone's going to do it eventually. Someone. So why not you? Exactly. Yeah. Why not? Hey. Yeah. Dreams can, first. Okay. Dreams can come true. So Joe. to wrap it up, Aaron, hmm. why don't you ask them our infamous, famous last question for all of yes. us? We ask this to every guest we have on, but for both of you, what does the term "treat yourself" mean to you? Mm. Uh, Ooh, treat means a shit ton of juvederm, oh. and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> conning one of my KOL friends to do it for me when they're too busy, I think. Oh, treat yourself. Uh, whole day of Netflix and sitting on the couch doing nothing. Relaxing, chilling. Pretty that much. would give Aaron a panic attack. Oh, really? You're a control freak? You need to no, be doing No, I'm a control freak, but when I turn off, just like you, I have to shut off completely. Yep. Like, I don't want to go on a hike. I want to sit there and do yeah. nothing and try to, like, clear my brain yeah so. well jake just like bought it. himself an apple watch and i'm like you really you need more distractions and i forgot it <laughs> i left it on charge just because you didn't you, you you had a reminder to put it on but it didn't work because you didn't have yeah well it, honestly it's pretty good because like i can be injecting and you know i don't want to pick up the phone or, or have to sort of pick up the phone to to sort of read a text i can just if it's important i can you know i can sort of act on it and if it's not i can ignore yeah. it without having to disturb yeah. what i'm doing with the patient or it could vibrate and it could cause an occlusion yeah what could go wrong left hand mate. <laughs> all right left hand don't you worry i've got it covered left hand <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've got a. I've I've realised who you can hook us up with for a podcast, Doctor Pimple who Popper. Used to work with Doctor Pimple oh, Popper. I 
I did work with her. And then I was there for a little bit when they had the TV show and I opted out of it. And when that started, I left. So mm-hmm. I might not be your best connection. To well, you know, you can, there's, there's a her, bit more you know synergy than me randomly DMing her on Instagram. Uh, but I could hook you. I know, I know people who okay. know her. We'll share, so con- okay. we'll share connections. Yeah. Done. Yes. Done. I want Raj. I want Raj Aquila. Uh, oh, is yeah. That you say yeah. Aquila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aquila. He is the fine. I mean, I'm sorry, Dr. Jake, but he's the finest <laughs> doctor injector I have ever seen. And his staff he's very, is beautiful. He's very, very popular. He is over the top. I mean, he's like... His like holiday company parties are at like Soho House and everyone gets a bottle of champagne and he's decked. I mean, he's gorgeous, as they say in Australia, by the way, everybody, because um, I watched uh, a whole bunch of Australian TV. Gorgeous refer to men and women where in America they usually refer gorgeous to women. But like, right. it's OK that I call Dr. Raj gorgeous because he is delicious and he's very married. So I'm going to stay on. No, this he's, not. he's not married. <laughs> he's not, wait, what? He's not <laughs> married. So you're telling me there's <laughs> There's no ring on the finger. I'll, I'll put in a good word and see see what happens. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Aaron, I got a couple conventions I got to hit up to be that creepy chick that sits in the back. Um, goes to all the cocktail bars. At so the you're uh, you're putting yourself up to be injected by Doctor Aquila, and we're just going to leave it there, right? We will just keep it generic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, yeah. I'm sorry, Raj, if you're listening. <laughs> it's got to have control. I'm sorry. <laughs> He uses, oh the ca- he uses the cannula yes. technique. Yeah. Oh, please. It's, yes. It's, it's not the size of the cannula. It's the technique. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you guys have been so much fun. I just want to make sure everybody, if you guys think we had fun, they have 120 episodes of not only fun, but deep, deep knowledge. So, like, this this is a podcast that Aaron loves to listen to and Aaron loves to learn about as a an injector, but their podcast is called Inside Aesthetics. You can find it on Spotify, on Apple. And we just had our very special guests from Down Under, Dr. <laughs> Jake Sloan and David Seagal. Seagal, I'm sorry, I wanted to say Seagal, like oh, Steven Seagal, not the, first. the actor. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you guys were so much fun. And um, and how do they find you on Instagram? What's your Instagram handle? Is, We've just changed yeah. it. We have, yeah. It's Inside at- Aesthetics Podcast. It's a bit easier now. Nice and simple. Perfect. So you guys got to make sure to add them to the queue um, and make sure to listen to all their episodes. And thanks again, guys, for taking the time. You're in the future right now. And thanks for joining our little podcast. Thank you. Yeah, and, thank you uh, so much. Thank you. And when you come to Australia, we'll we'll have a beer together, mate. All right? We'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. have a, a beer, a, a tea, or what do you call a barbecue? Uh, a, bar- a barbie. Have a barbie. A and barbie. A, we'll have a barbie. Have a barbie. We'll have a barbie and I a beer. Yeah. We'll, we'll go to Sydney. Well, I just, I want to do it all. Sydney's like the LA of Australia, I hear, like the Los Angeles. Yep, it is. I've been to both. Yep. You're pretty accurate, okay. except it's a little, not so much spread out and the traffic's not quite as bad. Yeah. So we'll have to, you know, we'll have to do an in-person live. I mean, oh, yeah, come to the studio. Live. Yeah. We need, we need you on the famous sofa. You can both fit in, <laughs> in the middle. You can, you can be a rose between two thorns. Yeah. He did that gag last time. It's okay. (laughs) I can use it at least three times. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Let let me see if I can do the your special uh, one joke a year noise. Oh, wrong one. Oh, wrong one. Fuck. (laughs) Uh, Hold on. Is it this one? Yeah. Yeah.
Thank you guys again. And thank you everybody for listening to episode 64 with Dr. Jake and David. Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts. Rate us. Write a little comment why you love this episode. We're also on Spotify and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys so Bye much. Guys. We really appreciate it. Take care. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. For our latest news, upcoming guests and episode topics, follow us on Instagram at Inside Aesthetics Podcast. During the week before every recording, look out for our Instagram stories as we'll give you the opportunity to submit your questions to our guests and get a shout out. You can also DM us for any other information, suggestions or guest requests.